Greetings in the name of the Messiah. The one with the non-Lucifer light. Jesus, the King of Glory. <laughs> uh, isn't that cool? There's two light spectrums working in this world. Just two. Two thrones. One starlight, one glory light. Starlight is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It has the appearance of good. It's called human beings. A human being is a being energized by starlight, electromagnetic energy. And that's what animates you. That's the curse of the fall. Jesus Christ says in the Gospels, if the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? That is the darkness of all human beings. That's why we need a Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring us into His spectrum of light called the glory of God. In the glory there is nothing human at all, but you still have a human body. So it's very misunderstood. And there's grace for the misunderstanding because, my God, do we come out of hell. Do we come out of some rebellion? Oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm hanging out with Vietnam vets that have been snorting cocaine up until the age of 66 years old. I, like, I can't believe people are as rebellious as you. I mean, shocking rebellion in the USA. And that was just me last week down in Tucson at the Veterans Hospital. Five days surrounded with dying veterans, sick and diseased veterans, drug addicts, alcoholics, everywhere. I should have been depressed. Very sad and gloomy place. The VA hospital. You know, just a lot of really, really miserable people. You know? <laughs> you ever hang out in hospitals? It's not a happy place. So for a minister to go in there and transform the atmosphere where my neighbor across the sheet curtain from me where my dad was in bed was laughing continuously for 48 hours don't make no sense don't make no sense the staff came up to me last week and said thank you for cha changing this room into a party atmosphere that's what the nurse said to me thank you for turning this into a party that's what he said that was not my words, his words that was the, the RNA the head nurse He's like, man, you guys turned this into a party. You know, and my dad, they're thinking he's got stage four cancer, but they don't know. Been there a week and there's still no diagnosis. 20 doctors coming around talking to us and they still have no idea what's going on. <laughs> he had a surgery and they pulled out of a mass out of his bladder. That's why I took a week off and flew down there to be with my dad. 14 hours a day bedside and man we just laughed and told stories and blew up Tucson with the glory of God. I probably took 50 Ubers, Ubered around everywhere running errands. If he had a list of anything he wanted in the city of Tucson, I just went and got it and brought it to him. And I got to tell you guys, 80% of the time, Literally, 80% of the time, these Uber drivers would talk to me about Jesus. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even bring it up. They'd be listening to Christian music. They'd be laughing. And it was just unbelievable, the revival environment in the city of Tucson, Arizona. 
I mean, I've been in Minneapolis for so long and the Holy Ghost rarely lets me escape this city because we do broadcasting and we feed people bread and wine all over the planet and it's important stuff what we do here. But when I leave this city and go other places, I'm just like, oh my God, it's about to be a revival, you guys. I just wonder what it's like in Phoenix. I wonder what it's like in Albuquerque, in Los Angeles. I wonder what it's like in South Lake Tahoe, Sacramento, Portland, Seattle. I mean, if I'm seeing this and hearing this in Tucson, and God's no respecter of cities, what's it like in New York? What's it like in Chicago? I know we listen to the media, we listen to the news, and we're always getting negative reports, but, you know, for about 50 years, that's how they sell newspapers. That's how they sell advertisements. Bad news makes money. If it was good news all the time, if they're giving you positive reports, there'd be nobody watching it because they'd all be like, well, my life's better than that. That's not even entertaining. You know, my life is more entertaining than watching CNN and Fox and all of this media. And I'm telling you guys, Almost all of your lives are more entertaining than what's on TV now. It's true, because there's a great awakening at hand. You are more interesting, almost every single one of you, I know some of you are real boring, but most of you are so entertaining that you're funner to watch for Jesus Christ than what's on television. I know that's hard to believe, but after that Twins game last night, you better believe it. Man, that was ugly. You are more fun to watch. And he is watching over you. And he's not mad at you. <laughs> he's in love with you. His blood is shed so there won't be any more sacrifices. <laughs> it's not about me, me, mead. Bringing your me, me, mead to the royal crown. It's about his dilly dilly. It's about his drink, not what you like. And that's hard for all of us because all of us are so stinking prideful. And I hang out with the most prideful people all the time. You know, people that are just so successful. I mean, I hang out with millionaires and I hang out with people that are poor in the ghetto where I live. You know, I hang out with people that have owned 15 businesses and have literally done everything there is to do. And it's just so much arrogance. But at the same time, God is merciful. Even though that arrogance and that human pride of what you have done in your human abilities is real, and you've done a lot of stuff, we have all done so much, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is so patient with us to deal with our pride, to deal with our arrogance, to deal with our human success. Human success is the sin of pride because <laughs> it builds ego. That's why we need a blood sacrifice to cleanse our minds from ourselves. <laughs> Everyone in the whole world, through their mind and what they believe in, is animating a world around themselves right now. What you've believed since you were small that is the world your soul lives in. And you grew, your bodies got bigger, your souls developed, you know, your hearts developed. You, put, you gave your heart to different things, to different lovers, different fascinations, 
You know, some of them are idols. Some of them are good things. Some of them aren't even sins. You know? But you've given your heart and you've given your mind to creation and stuff that's in this place. And whatever your mind has focused on, that is the world you currently live in. But there is a world superior to your human worlds. That is the craziest thing that everyone's going to experience now outside the earthly realm. And it is a supernatural realm. And it's not scary. The realm of the demons and the devils of spiritual Egypt and spiritual Sodom, which is all religion and all rebellion, those are kind of scary places, but honestly, they're not even that scary. Abaddon, the angel of the abyss, not a very scary fallen angel, formerly known as Lucifer, that covering cherubim that fell that took one-third of the angels, really not that scary. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm telling you. Because if all the fallen angels of the second heavens, which are the stars, met with one man, Jesus Christ, it'd be no contest. What is creation to the Creator? What is it? What is all creation, all the stars of the heavens, and all the sands of the earth, and all the hearts of all generations and bloodlines, and all the souls of every nation, tribe, and tongue. What is creation to the Creator? I mean, absolutely nothing. Literally. I mean, you're special. You're absolutely special. But as far as power, there's no contest. If you were to take every angel, and you were to take 7.4 billion human beings, and stand them up against one man that stands about six feet tall in the flesh, Jesus Christ. He would be so far more powerful than all of those people and angels combined. It would be utterly no contest. And that's what's going to happen. I guarantee it. Because all creation stands no chance to the Creator. And there's a real Creator. I know we haven't learned this in Darwinism. We haven't learned this in college. But it's true. And the spirit that God has placed in your hearts testifies. And there will be signs, miracles, and wonders around your souls that testify to the truth. That you are created spirit beings created in the image of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit will animate that world of the third heaven above the stars now through your hearts and minds. And that world will take over the nations. I tell you the truth. That is what's happening right now. That is the global paradigm shift. Every little tribe of the New Agers and all the religions, anyone sensitive to spirituality has their own vocabulary to describe it. But I'm telling you, once you get into the revelation of Jesus Christ, the 66th book in the Bible, you'll have the perfect vocabulary of the Son of God, the chief warring king of Israel, Jesus Christ, the Creator. God gave His Son, I'm telling you. He's the firstborn of all creation. And He's not ashamed to call us the redeemed sinners coming out of religion, pride, coming out of rebellion, lust, the whole world, all nations. He's not ashamed to call us His brothers and sisters. 
We are his brothers. We are his sisters. It is real. I'm telling you. And that is the meaning of life. What is in your heart is written by God the Father. It's not just the DNA scrolls of your mom and dad. There's something deeper than human flesh. There is a living God that sent His Son to die for you. It is the realest thing. It will expose all the lies that Satan and his angels have poured into your hearts. I'm telling you, that's why there's so much mass confusion everywhere. I mean, who even is in agreement with the confusion? It's like confusion versus confusion, chaos everywhere. The only solid rock, the only anchor for the storm is the mind of Christ called the bright morning star. The mind of Christ is the throne of God. This is the gift of salvation. When you ask Jesus, you know, people make fun of him. He's the most mocked and ridiculed and made fun of person in history. Still, I hear people all the time just mocking Christ, mocking Jesus. There's some reverence, I know. But there's still a lot of irreverence. There's still a lot of hostility towards the name of the man, Jesus of Nazareth. Not even a good looking man. Isaiah says there is nothing about his appearance that should draw us to him. That he was not beautiful in appearance. You know? Jewish man probably had a gigantic nose, you know, hairy beard. Who knows if he had long hair or short hair? His flesh literally doesn't matter. As long as it was sacrificed to death, and what was inside that flesh was Angel Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth, maker of Lucifer and the angels that fell, maker of Adam and Eve and the human race. That's all that matters is inside that human meat sack was the angel of the Lord. Angel Yahweh is his name. That's in Hebrew, but in English, simply Jesus. <laughs> Let's restore the fear of the Lord. Let's restore reverence to the angel of the Lord who took on a body and whose body is now transfigured in celestial flesh at the right hand of God the Father in Zion in the third heaven with guarding cherubim and laughing seraphim because heaven is a happy place. I'm telling you, happiness is the very atmosphere of the third heaven. See, we're not just in a cavern of, of space and it's not just ice cold darkness and it's not just empty space you know before Lucifer and the angels fell the second heavens were bright with light the reason why there's darkness Genesis chapter 1 says that God separated light from darkness glory from sorcery light from darkness or glory light from starlight the two spectrums that everyone has going through their minds regardless of their belief systems. This is the sovereignty of all creation, angels and men. And the angels don't want you to wake up, so they lie to you. Fallen angels, diabolical creatures, some people call them alien abductions. People have been encountering angels in every civilization in recorded history. Hieroglyphics. You know, Sumerian writings, you know, it's just every culture, China, Japan, Africa, 
all Europe, I mean every single culture has recorded history with fallen angels. And do you think the phenomena just stop because we're so modern with our iPhones and look at all my technology and we're so sophisticated, that stuff is for, you know, the dark ages. I don't think so. What happened is they went inside buildings made by human hands. What was practiced publicly as sorcery, human sacrifice, you know, all of the Kabbalah of Jewish sorcery, all of the human sacrifice of the Druids of Ireland, all of that, every single bit of warlocky sorcery and witchcraft that every single nation practiced. I mean, the Egyptians are probably the worst with their necromancy. All that happened is in modern times it went inside secret societies. And I'm not even going to lie to you, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's just true. Just the truth, anyhow. It went into buildings. It went into secret societies because, I mean, there has been an awakening in America and worldwide for a long time. Evangelism of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues has consumed the world. I come out of the Assemblies of God, and in the Assemblies of God alone, we boasted that we have evangelized more than 10 million speaking in tongues Christians just in Central and South America in the last 50 years. 10 million! Speaking in tongues, Christians, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, drunken glory, speaking in tongues, resting tongues of fire. Holy Ghost laughter. <laughs> it is so real. But I'm telling you guys, that's why they had to go into the buildings. That's why they had to go into secrecy. Because if you knew what went on in secret places... You know, <laughs> in your Freemason lodges, in your Jesuit houses of pedophilia and child trafficking. You know, the Archdiocese of the Twin Cities is bankrupt because of pedophilia. I mean, why? I mean, is, are they just all gay priests and is it just the lust of the flesh and they have to touch boys? Or is there something deeper than just the animalistic temptations? Is there demons? Is there devils? Yes, there are. So many. I mean, I tell you the truth, if the fallen angels were to take on flesh, it would blot out the light of the sun. That's how surrounded the earth is with devils and demons. I mean, that's why every horrible thing happens everywhere. The atrocities of Las Vegas this week. I mean, people are asking me what happened. I'm telling you, it's called the works of the devil. He's been a murderer from the beginning. And it's sad when I see the devil tolerated in so many Christians' lives. We want to point fingers and say, man, those people are real scoundrels. Those people are real murderers. Killed all those people. And then you hate your brother because they believe something different than you. And you hate your neighbor because they chop down all of your trees and your vine grapes next door without asking. <laughs> and we just criticize and bite at one another and play the hypocrite in the sin of pride. I'm telling you, we all need the blood of Jesus equally. Every single one of us needs the forgiveness of our sins. Can anyone say, oh, I've been a good one? I haven't done anything overtly wrong, you know? <laughs> I haven't abused girls and boys for the pleasures of my own flesh, caring less whether I hurt them, lying to people for personal gain, hurting others for personal gain? I tell you the truth, we have all 
at times, been like our father, the devil. Thanks be to God, he sacrificed his son, and by the spirit of adoption, we have a new family outside this universe, outside the stars and sands of this fallen, messed up world. <laughs> and we've been adopted into the third heaven, into the glory of God. We are the redeemed of the Lord. We are the army of the Lord. We are the blood-bought citizens of no ordinary city, heavenly Jerusalem, where our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He saved us out of all the fallen angel devilry. He saved us out of all religion and rebellion. He saved us out of all our sins. And I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you guys, this happened with me. This is real. <laughs> It works with the veterans. Oh my God, it works with everyone, every nation, tribe, and tongue. Get worked by the throne of God. And I'm telling you, there is no contest. You could wrestle with God your entire lives and you would gain nothing. You'd just be frustrated at an old age. Get it now while you're young. I did. God got a hold of me when I was 18. I didn't believe in God. My only exposure to Christianity was Roman Catholicism going to Catholic school. I believed in evolution. I got court ordered for drugs and violence to Minnesota Teen Challenge against the law. They broke a bunch of laws. My lawyers wouldn't even talk to me and they just sent me to this program. Didn't make any sense. Totally illogical. I get in there. The pastors look at me and start crying. And I just, why do you even care about me? You know, I'd never seen love before. Not like that. I'd seen war. I'd seen power. I'd seen violence. I'd seen a lot of, like, bulls. Like, that was kind of the animal tribe I came out of. Bulls. Just raging bulls. The bulls of Bashan. Gaping about. Just raging bulls with big, huge gold rings in their noses, snorting and huffing, just demons. <laughs> the bulls of Bashan. That was my tribe, <laughs> I tell you the truth. <laughs> and so, showing any sign of weakness was forbidden in that tribe of the bulls of Bashan. Any sign of emotion was considered weakness. You don't show emotion, you know? <laughs> the warriors of the dead, <laughs> you know? It's real, you guys. But these emotions were not human emotions that I saw in these pastors' faces. Their eyes were so bright that it got me curious. There's something in the brightness of their eyes, crying for me, a total stranger, my first day in the program, when I said, I'm just going to leave. You know, I've, I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to do my time in jail. And that's what I was thinking. That's what the demons were telling me. Don't do this. Don't go into this program. <laughs> we need your soul. <laughs> but I said, whatever that light is in your eyes, I'm going to give that a try. That night I started manifesting. They have to hold me down. They'd have four pastors outside the intake room. As soon as I go to sleep, demons would take over my body. They'd hold me down every night for two weeks, casting demons out of me. I'd wake up the next morning and have no memory. They told me all this later. I'd have rug burns on my arms. I was so demon-possessed. It was pathetic. Three months every other day, them driving demons out of me at Minnesota Teen Challenge, downtown Minneapolis. True story. October of 99. And then I, sitting there on a bed, didn't believe in God, you know, I'm still questioning all this. Like, what kind of cult is this? And all of a sudden, this wave came into my room. It was like liquid, but it was alive. 
and it started moving and this liquid through the bottom of my feet came up my legs through my stomach through my chest and out my head and I started I'd never heard of tongues before in my life didn't know what it was but it felt good and it felt like liquid peace moving through my body I ran to this guy named James Tribble who was the staff at the time a former crack dealer from Chicago that recently got saved and cleaned up from selling over three million dollars of crack in Chicago <laughs> OGGD and I said James what is this he says that's the gift of tongues and the Holy Spirit fills you and you pray in a new language that bypasses your brain so you can communicate to your Father in Heaven perfectly bypassing your carnal mind and they just told it to me straight they started telling me to smoke a bowl of Jesus so I don't go smoking bowls of marijuana and I just got into it man and it was real it felt like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through my body I mean I was so happy I'd found the meaning of life and I was so angry that it had been hidden from me my entire life up until that point. I couldn't believe all the lies that were forced down my throat since birth coming into this world were all lies. I mean, they had systematically ensnared me into a system of lies from birth. I'd literally escaped the matrix and entered the city of Zion. And it was all real. And I stayed in Zion because I couldn't go back into the matrix. I had to stay free. So I grew 22 months in Minnesota Teen Challenge, discipled by Earl Gilchrist, the pastor of River of Life Church in St. Paul. Powerful prophet. Continuous signs, miracles, and wonders. Seeing people healed of every sickness and every disease. Drove demons out of people almost every day. Just constant. Three Sundays in a row when the Teen Challenge Choir would go to different Assemblies of God churches. Three different prophets said the same prophetic word over my life. I will pour forth through you like a river of glory. Three Sundays in a row. I will pour forth through you like a river of glory. By the third Sunday, as dull as I am, I finally got it. That was God's plan for my life. To pour forth through me like a river of glory. And I tell you the truth, He is no respecter of persons. He wants to do the exact same thing for you. Through your hearts and minds. Pour forth through you with a river of glory. The third heaven light of Jesus Christ that was slain. And I pray that you receive that light and that light drive out all the darkness in your hearts and minds and you be blessed in the favor of the bright morning star and your whole family be filled with glory and you be filled with peace and love and joy in the Holy Ghost and God's plan for your life, His will, would be fulfilled in your life and not Satan's, nothing diabolical, nothing earthly, nothing human, but the divine purpose of God so you can be totally fulfilled in your entire life. In Jesus' name. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.